Fellow surgeons, for the 63rd time and last time this season, welcome back to the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Yes, listeners, it's that very sad, sad time of the season where we wave goodbye to the uh, the FPL season and reflect on many what might have been many uh, mini league mishaps and bad decisions and hopefully celebrate some of the good ones. And to help me to do that, who better, first of all, than welcoming back our editor, The Iceman. Thank you very much, Billy, and welcome back to yourself as well. Are you a fan of Simon and Garfunkel? Oh yeah, big fan. That song was that song was brilliant. Good start to the pod. Really, uh, really, really <laughs> captures the mood of the moment. As I literally have nothing to do now, and um, we thought, who better than to sum up the season with me and the Iceman, reflecting on the last thirty-eight game weeks, than uh, a guy that's joined us on several occasions, the great effect this season, Mr. Tom Campbell. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us again. Hi, Bolly. Hi, Iceman. How you going? You okay? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Like we said, it's uh, it's all come to an end, hasn't it? So, how how did you? Uh, I suppose we're going to have a little review of your team, but, but how did you feel over the last few game weeks? How did things go for you? Oh uh, yeah, pretty well actually. I think um, especially the latter part of the season, last few game weeks, it was um, really quite enjoyable because I was actually scoring pretty well after after you know pretty difficult mid part of the season, but um, ended up with a decent overall rank. Had a lot of fun with. Um, playing the chips late in the day and yeah I really enjoyed the last few weeks especially with all the amount of goals going in over the last couple of game weeks so yeah I really enjoyed it myself how about you how'd you get on I've got to say, I, mean, I think the uh, the Premier League absolutely lived up to its billing in the last few weeks. I mean, on the last day of the season, Chelsea ran riot, Tottenham, Arsenal banged a few, and even United joined the party, Liverpool. So really, in the last few game weeks, we were treated to a lot of goals and some absolutely, absolutely. huge scores in the double game week. But uh, I, I managed to, uh, I had a pretty decent run into the end of the season, stalled a little bit towards the end, but managed to win my mini league and, and finish in my highest position ever, which we'll talk yeah, about right. in a moment. And how about you, Iceman? How was the... Uh, at the end of your season yeah my final game was really good actually it was probably the best single game week that I've had all season I hit 102 did a minus four turned out I didn't need to do the minus four I uh, brought in Stanislas and Sturridge, who both t- scored points for me, but I took out Ali and Anichby, and Ali scored 11, so overall I didn't actually benefit from that particular move. But yeah, Captain Sanchez, so I've finished strongly, so quite happy with it. Very strongly indeed. And um, what about your overall ranking? Where did you finish? So overall I finished 8,125, so it's my highest finish wow. ever. Awesome. Um, just not quite good enough to beat you in the end there, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was very, very close, wasn't it, between the two of us? Tell the listeners how many points were in it. Yes, it was seven points. And if I captained <sighs> Kane, I would have uh, would have gone ahead of you. But I wanted to play that differential and I, I took a risk thinking uh, it's going to affect my overall rank, but it's the only way I can kind of gain on you. So I captained Sanchez and then I made the minus four to bring in the two, which again was risky on my overall rank but you know no regrets I, I, I go away with my head held high that I did try mm. and get past you yeah it was it was a lot of balls towards the end of the season so we'll talk about that and our decision making throughout the pod regrets good decisions we've made um how about you Tom how did how did your final game week go and what was your overall ranking uh, so it sounds like you guys have just basically both pit me in in many ways so I had a really good final game week I got uh, 96 points for my game week score uh, did take a minus eight, which wasn't the plan to the beforehand. I ditched Ali for Coutinho in readiness for the game week, which wasn't a horrible decision. They both kind of scored pretty well. But with the news that Josh King was out breaking, you know, just before the transfer deadline closed for us. Yeah, I, I love that decided, news. That was great. I bet you did. I bet yeah. you did. I bet a lot of people did. So yeah. I'd already been toying with a minus four as to whether or not I wanted to lose Lukaku. He'd just been some sort of wretched run of form. That kind of made my decision. I wasn't happy that I didn't own Hazard. You guys know what I think of Hazard. So I moved Lukaku and King out for Hazard and Vokes, respectively. Oh, nice. So what it meant is that my, my front seven all returned at least a goal or an assist. Like 
it all worked out really, really well. But it was that Coutinho to Ali move that actually proved to be pretty unnecessary, really. But can't feel too bad. It was a really nice game week score. A bit disappointed not to hit the 100. Overall rank-wise, I ended on uh, 11,739, which was my... Highest for the whole season, which is, I guess, what you want. Yeah. Disappointed not to hit the, the top 10,000, but um, instead of, it's still been a, another really good season for me. And if you'd asked me a few weeks into the season what my targets were for the season, they wouldn't have been mentioning any, anywhere near this high because I was miles back. So, yeah, all good, really. Coming on the that, pod that, has helped you, is what you're saying, Tom. Is that what you're saying? Definitely. Yeah, yeah I, that's what you're saying. I think um, you guys have caught some, st- you've caught some stick this season from, <laughs> from guests saying that they'd go on the pod and then, and then have, go on to have a wretched season. But uh, that wasn't the case with me. I was making a fine job of screwing up by myself. So, um, yeah, it's <laughs> No, how, about, how, about, how about you, buddy? How'd you, how'd you get on then? Well, final game week, um, I got a fairly respectable score of 90, and that was with no hits. In terms of, uh, I suppose, standout performers, I made the decision to go safe and Captain Kane. And sure enough, mm-hmm. Harry wanted the golden boot and he took it. Ali got me 11. I take one decision I want to speak about is uh, bringing Davison towards the back end of the season because he got a fair few crucial assists for me towards Absolutely. the end which are actually massive for me. And I, I brought Coutinho in and still had Jesus as well. So score of 90. So I was, I was quite happy with that in the end. Um, equally, I got easily my highest rank ever, which was 6,864. Which you think about it, Iceman, for me to finish seven points ahead of you has put me one and a half thousand places. Mm. So it just goes to show yeah. the difference. Again, there's a couple of absolute clangers I made in the last few <laughs> weeks, which I, God knows how much higher I would have ended up if I'd have very, very simple decisions as well, but such as FPL, but overall absolutely delighted with the season. I believe I won the Banterbury league as well and have been promoted into some kind of other league for next season. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yes, can, can I just um, ask how the two of you guys got on in, in the um, FF Surgery Podcast League? I, I personally finished 56th, which is such a tough league. That I'll, I'll take that. I was pretty happy with that. But um, presumably you guys were smashing it. 37th. Not, okay. Not yeah. Right. And Billy's what, 30th? Yeah, 30th. 30th, yeah. God, tough school, right? Mm. 30th yeah, yeah. with a, an overall rank just outside 6K. Wow. Well, Tom, what you've done there beautifully is led us into mm-hmm. announcing the final mini-league scores. Yeah. And we haven't even rehearsed that, so that was nicely done. <laughs> so our final top 10 for the season, we had in 10th place that... Mohamed Ismail has been there pretty much uh, since I've been reading out this slight league. IU Fur Real finished 10th. Had a bit of a disappointing final week with 74 points, but a great score overall. Uh, Nikolai Dimitrov made their way into the uh, the top 10 in 9th with Florida. 109 points in the final week. Great score. Uh, Mika, surgeon that's been on for us a couple of times. He finished 8th. Banana Nose at Maldonado. Probably my team name of the season, I'd have to say. Well done, Matthew Greco, finishing 7th. Abdullah Al-Mamoun with the unemployed 11th, finishing in sixth place Anticlante United Andreas Alanda who was leading the way for a long time massive final wow. week score 121 yeah. jumped back up into fifth but such was the standard as more people joined us Paulus Amadeus Paul Gunnar Hagland finished in fourth Pelvic Thrust 11 Vivesh Reddy who actually I think made quite a big jump towards the end of the season finishing third we then had Kingings Mings Darren Anthony Hoy finishing second I believe he also won another mini league looking on Twitter but um, probably the most consistent team of the season once they joined us and as FK with the Bricklayers finishing in first place actually in the end with a fairly comfortable gap of 23 points 101 the final game week wins the Fantasy Football Surgery mm, Podcast League um a, uh, a Saturday FF surgery prep pack will be on the way to you over the summer. Uh, I believe the Iceman is going to arrange address and yeah, details. If, if Anders, you can send your address to our email address, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com, then yeah, I'll, I'll get that sent to you as soon as we can. Oh, you guys are going international again. I, just looking at Anders's overall rank, he's he's hit score an overall rank of sixty six. So it takes yeah. a score in, in double digits to win the FF Surgery Podcast League. That is a tough school. 
Good on I think in terms of overall, the league ended up with absolutely... I'm just trying to look how many we ended up in uh, overall. Yeah, so Iceman, looking at it in the end, we had 1,071 uh, entered the mini league, which is absolutely crazy amounts. That's more than double anything we had last year. Um, I will just shout last place, Emma Jepsen. I'm <laughs> presuming... Actually, no, I'd say this is a dead team, but they got 91 in the final game week, so I'm presuming it's someone that may have uh, created a team a bit late. But they had 348 points overall, so I presume they just uh, joined for the fun at the end of the season. Yeah, their team name is Game Week 35 to 38, so <laughs> it looks like they've started I did, You know what? I just read the name. I didn't even notice <laughs> that. So that is the giveaway. So my Guess, I don't know about you. I reckon they joined for 35. Yeah, I reckon. Cool. There we go. Some basic math. So, anyway, fantastic effort from the bricklayers. Like I said, prize on the way to you. We'll be doing more competitions next season, and uh, the Iceman's eagerly awaited cup will return in the uh, the next season, um, which he didn't actually ask me to say, but I've just put that on him. (laughs) Really well. Right, okay, chaps. Well, let's get into... um, Obviously, we have nothing to talk about here in terms of game weeks, but what I think, uh, for the sake of nostalgia, let's review how this season has gone so we can look back in fondness. Let's not look back in anger. We've got a few topics we'd like to discuss. Hopefully, you can agree with these. And and tweet us and let us know what you think as well. First things uh, first, really. Guys, best decision of the season... TC, I'm going to come to you first for this. What was give us sort of one or two of the best decisions you've made and the impact they had on your team this season? Right. Uh, so when we were given this question, sort of thinking about this beforehand, I think the one that leapt to mind is actually keeping faith with Eden Hazard. So I think throughout the season he had a bit of a hard time at certain points because he was going a few game weeks without without returning. But I actually had him in my team for 35 of the 38 game weeks, wow. and it it would have actually been 36, but I just couldn't couldn't bring myself not to get De Bruyne in for that double game week in, in double game week 37. And if you look at it, he had 224 points overall, which is, if you look at this sort of history of midfielders in the Prem, any time that you hit over 200 points from midfield in FPL, that's someone that you want in your squad for the majority of the campaign. So that was kind of good, sticking with him throughout the season. I think the other part I just wanted to mention is I did some analysis based on my season when it came to an end. And there's loads of stuff that I got wrong, clearly. But I think actually captain choices is something that I'm quite proud of. So actually looking at it, there's a a site which I'll mention later on that basically tells you how many captain points you would have got um, if you'd always selected the correct guy in terms of the person who actually went on to score the most in that particular game week. Clearly, you'd be some kind of miracle worker if that always happened. So you can't expect it to be too close to that total. But I would have ended up with a thousand points if I'd always captained the right person. I actually ended up with 581, so almost 60%. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that that actually is good going. So my overall rank was not impeded by poor captain choices. So I was really happy with that. And just on that, and I think for the guys listening as well, I only chose 10 different captains in the 38 game weeks, which isn't isn't very many at all. And even though we all kind of fell out of love with Aguero, probably you a bit less, Pete, than, than yeah. others throughout the season he was still the one I captained most eight times so yeah. I think what it says is that whilst you can be a bit um, take punts throughout the season and there's a lot of fun in that actually I think for me it, uh, the safer captain choices clearly at the end of the season especially with Kane etc really did help me out so yeah keeping Hazard and sort of selecting the right captains in the majority of times would be the two things I would with. Yeah, I think I, I kind of agree. I agree with that fully. I mean, I think that the main captain's choice that you make each week, I think, should be the one who you just think is going to score the most points. I don't think differential captains should be considered at all, really. I think that like, you should just go for the main captain and then hit the end game week, and then that's when you can try and see if you can get one over on your mate, or if you're going to catch them or something, or towards the end games, like mix it up a bit more, but throughout the season I think you should always kind of go with the person that you just think is going to score the most points yeah but broadly yeah and I, I think it's just about um, for me the captaincy is such a big big deal it's basically like having another player in your in your 11 effectively that's a, what it's achieving so I, I've always I've recognised by my friend has been pretty cautious <laughs> manager in FPL but and definitely fair enough that they that that's, that's the opinion because it's definitely true. But I think when it comes to captaincy, it is justified because, first of all, you want them to play. And second of all, you want them to have that high ceiling, i.e. having a hat-trick potential. And actually, when you factor those two uh, facets in, if you like, you are suddenly getting down to a pretty small pool of players. 
i.e. the premium ones who are going to cost you a lot of money. And that's why I think my pool of captains is that I chose over the season is really small and actually why I think they, they returned well because as you and I and um, Pete talked about in other pods, this season broadly did track to form and the great players, the heavy hitters, were back on form. It was great. They could all be relied upon to do well at different points of the season and we were all rewarded for it really. It wasn't like last season when you had the, the Leicester factor to to think about. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, certainly this season, I think we said early doors that the big attacking players were turning up, scoring big, whereas last season you couldn't predict that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you're absolutely right, Tom. I think uh, captaincy was crucial this year. Iceman, what about you? What what are your kind of best decisions this season? Yeah, uh, my, my best decision, I think, was uh, if you're looking at just kind of one decision alone, in game week 14, I was watching the most of the Spurs games actually on TV, and Ericsson just looked like he was on fire. Uh, loads of attempts on goal, creating loads of chances, just looked really good. So I brought him in and captained him for that game week 14, and he scored his second best haul of the season. So that was probably my best decision of the whole season itself. Hell of a shout. Yeah, it was a great shout. And I think you, um, you've you made some great calls you follow through on this season. I think that's notable compared to, to last year where you're following those through now and scoring higher for it. I think the, the the key to this season is that, yeah, I'm quicker to get on and off the bandwagons, whereas uh, last year I was more like wanting to just kind of stay on them and just hope that they would mm-hmm. deliver. Whereas if someone's not delivering, I just got off them straight away. Yeah, I think that's, that's good advice, isn't it? Being a bit more reactive to those things and uh, anticipating them as well, which you did well this season, I think. Yeah, what's your uh, biggest decision this season then? I, I think, I mean, t- to be fair, mine are quite similar to Tom. I think that the hazard issue and also captaining well, which last year I didn't do. That there's, I mean, there's a couple of things I'm going to say because a little bit different here. One of them is in previous years I've tried to bank build quite heavily. The last time I won a mini league a couple of years ago, that was I, I really heavily focused on bank building, and that season a lot of the high the high price players were scoring well. So by the end of it, I'd managed to get my bank up to 115 or my team value, which meant by the end of the season it was the year when Torre was scoring big, Hazard, Aguero. So it was almost like I had an extra big hitter over everyone else last year that didn't work at all and this year i've completely moved away from focusing on my team value and i've got my best score ever so changing that mindset was huge for me the second thing i would say is i backed differentials at the right time so i got onto alonso early actually after you called him that was a great shout earlier on in the season and he was just consistent for the rest of the year for me um, also joshua king i jumped onto that so those two uh, but also, in game week six, there was a 2-0 victory for Burnley over Watford. Tom Heaton played in that game. <laughs> now, Iceman, you didn't pick Tom Heaton all season. You criticised no, him. Yeah. Do you know how many points Tom Heaton <laughs> scored in game week six? <laughs> a lot of points. <laughs> He scored seven points. So those seven oh. points, Iceman, I'm going to dedicate those as the seven points to put me ahead of you this season. <laughs> yeah, to- total so regrets on all that, of that my, pick, my, my decision of the season, Mr. Tom Heaton, and true to form, he is back in the England squad. So. Yeah, fair enough. Those- yeah, well played, Tom. And um, just on Heaton as well, got to mention, he actually ended the season as the top FBL point scorer yeah. for goalkeepers. Yeah, he even managed to beat the... Uh, Lloris and Courtois who were respectively going for the Golden Glove but so yeah. I remember you mentioned Heaton pretty much every podcast I'd say brilliant <laughs> and yeah. it, it, you've been proved right so uh, yeah, mm. I, I'm glad he got mentioned because I thought Scored you were going to go through your whole your whole section though without, without mentioning it. He, he was the probably the only player which uh, well actually I'd say the only player he was one of the players which I felt everyone was going for and then I just thought I'd go for someone different like the Valdez like the Foster and you know it turns that I was wrong in the end but you kind of wanted some differentials but looking back at the season I just think you should just go for the one who you think is going to score most and who who everyone else has got as well if even if everyone else has got it just go for it stay with the herd I, up until like the final game weeks then mix it up. I think that's it that's the thing I wanted to get across in this podcast is that for me you stay you stay with the herd as you put it there it's the the business end of the season come the end yeah. where there are the doubles where if you keep your chips in play that's the time where you can mix it up and, and that's where you have the most information, don't you? You have the most information. You're, 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 
aware of fitness of form of, of who's still interested for me costa kind of went off the boil his head wasn't really in at the end that kind of thing so yeah. i just think you've got so much more tools at your disposal come that stage as long as you're still within relative touching distance that's when you gamble prior to that i think you're absolutely right get on those bandwagons there's no shame in it it will keep yeah. you keep you in in touch and that's what fpl is all about absolutely i think some really good points there chaps and on the on the other side of things now, so this is uh, this is own up time and a time to to bear all really. Biggest mistakes, regrets, and embarrassments in decision making this season, Tom. I mean, how long have you got? I, I just, <laughs> just, I just, I think. Well, I, if, I, I, summer, Tom. You can take <laughs> as long as you need. But I'll, I'll keep it brief. But goodness me, it really could go on. But let's just mention I brought in Simeon Zaza for West Ham in game week four. He played one game week for me. He got one point. He was part of a game week score of 19 points for me in which all of my 11 players played, which is really difficult to do, actually, to play 11 players, including a captain, no sendings off and actually get less than than 22. Yeah, I remember it as well. Um, (laughs) It resulted in a 1.1 million drop in the overall rankings, just an unmitigated disaster. Uh, He was quickly moved on and I'm rightly mocked for that shot by my my friends in work and, and other FPL players for that one. So that was just a horrible call. And I do want to talk about kind of FPL strategy in that when we come back to this, about what that sort of a lesson I've taken from that. And the other one is much more broad. I didn't own a Chelsea defender at any point of the whole season. Oh, wow. You idiot. (laughs) I mean, if you think, like, overall rank was decent and stuff and and did well in my mini-leagues, but if you look at, like, the the regular starters in there, and obviously Alonso gets most of the plaudits, he's actually not the top-scoring Chelsea defender, but all of them have scored over sort of 130 points. And I, I, thinking about it, I just baffled and bewildered as to why I didn't ever find the time. I guess there's always something more pressing in FBL. They? Yeah. And like you, like you said, by the, by the time I thought, actually, it might be a good idea to kind of join the fun here. It was going yeah. to cost me too much. So, you got to go um, early. And it just goes against my historic strategy with FBL is not to tie up funds in defenders, but the 3-5-2 or however you want to term the formation that Conte brought in that everyone's kind of mimicking now, it really did play havoc with FPL in the, from the respect of um, Alonso. And he was an absolute star for so many managers and it was just killing me every week. And it was a real mistake not, not to get on that. So, so I think you, those two would, those two mistakes, one specific and one more general. So you say the three five two and how that's changed FPL, but it was Cahill, the centre-back, who scored the most. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of weird, isn't it? That Londo gets so many plaudits, and I think that is because you get attention in FPL for hauls, you know, for for, for the double digit returns. Yeah. That's what draws the eye. When in actual fact, and whilst Londo did have those ones, you know, when he scored a brace and all that kind of stuff, that's what draws the eye. But actually, you've got consistency there of, of Cahill playing pretty much every game, and he is actually a threat as well. They're not as kind of um, attractive goals, I guess, but. Yeah, just just any of them I should have got in at, at one point in the campaign and, and didn't. So, yeah, definitely the, that was my, my biggest mistake, I would say, other than Zaza, who I, I won't speak of again. <laughs> and actually, that um, that was probably Billich's uh, biggest regret of the season as well. So you share something <laughs> in common with the West Ham. Do, do you know what? I mean, before you guys before you guys give yours, I just think it went so against how I managed my team. You know, it, it was such a punt. He had no form. West Ham weren't playing very well. It was just... It was just an, an out there punt where I just thought, I'm a genius. This is going to come in. This is going to be the new bandwagon, and everyone's going to want to get on this in two or three game weeks' time. Everyone and thinks like that, I, don't they? And, a and like I just said, it, it's just there's no need to do it, and it just it set me back. I mean, he wasn't the only disaster in that game week, although clearly it's the one that I've, I've mentioned the most. And there just was no need. I just should have stuck with the players that I knew and actually give new signings the chance to bed in and prove their worth. And if you miss out on a game week or two, there's no bad thing at the early part of the season. So, yeah, lesson learned, I think. Yeah, I think it's um, yeah the, the Zaza transfer. I think just in general was was quite interesting for West Ham. Um, <laughs> Iceman. Yeah, I'm going to kind of roll through my mistakes and regrets quickly. <laughs> just I've, I've written a couple down here. So I've got De Bruyne, who seemed to have trolled me throughout the season, taking out Sanchez and all that news around the international break about him being injured. So I missed out on his hat-trick against West Ham. Oh, um, also having Lukaku, uh, not having Lukaku for his four goals against Bournemouth. Then I brought him in after that. Getting rid of Ben Davis due to injury news again. So listeners, don't 
pay too much attention to the hype and listen to what the managers say in the press conferences. But even with the Rose news, no one really knew when he was coming back. I think not bringing in Heaton was probably my main issue and not bringing in King, who I also, he was my Mares probably of this season. Just one on that, on that, Jim, about the Davies one. Do you reckon there's a lesson for us to learn on in terms of FPL? When a player's in a side that's doing well, he's playing well, like Ben Davies, cheap. is it just a case yeah. of, and, and cheap, and you're right, yeah, really cheap. Is it a case of, well, actually, just keep him in your squad until he loses his place and accept that, you know what, you'll, you'll either get your auto sub in or at worst he'll come off after yeah. a period of time. I, and I then that's right. the time to do it. Like, I'm with you. I would have done the same because yeah. the, the noise on Twitter, we're also tied into social media, was that Rose was back. But actually, I think for me, that might be, I was really keen to get your guys' thoughts as, do you think it's worthwhile of just putting that to one side and saying, well, actually, if he does come back in, then I'll transfer him out. But the thing is, it was over that double game week, so you kind of wanted, you've brought in all those players, and you wanted those transfers to use either side of those double game weeks, and they were quite useful, those transfers as well, so you didn't want to kind of make a placeholder for that transfer just in case so there was always a risk Uh to it so Mm. I don't know I suppose if you take that risk and it benefits then great if you don't and Rose comes back then you're going to be kicking yourself so it is a tough one that one yeah difficult one have you got any thoughts on that Pete? the Davis situation yeah just whether or not sort of strategically it makes sense to keep with a player who's cheap in the team but could easily lose his place especially in a double game week yeah I I figure I'd probably echo sentiments of what you've said but I think for for his particular case Davis I was tracking because I I did go with Davis and I was tracking Rose's injury and at no point was I confident that Spurs Mm. would risk Danny Rose once Chelsea won the title so I did question it once they before yeah, they got victory well. at West Brom, I was thinking, well, okay, if they if they don't and they're still in with a shot, will they then play Rose because they want their strongest eleven? But then, when they had nothing to play for, you want Danny Rose straight back in full fitness next season. Yeah, good point. Um, so that that was my thinking. So I think actually it's a case of following that Ben Dinnery Twitter feed and and you know just thinking about the context of the injury as well. Had it been someone like Kane, that might be very different. Yeah, Iceman, you've given us a, a fair few there. Let me just tell you about my. Uh, biggest regrets this season after my gaff the season before when Aguero went big time against Newcastle in the 2015-2016 season um, I've said it many times in the pod before but that week I actually subbed Aguero out for Daniel Sturridge who went on to get two points <laughs> and Aguero scored four I think it was against Newcastle so um, it was about a 50 point swing and I never made it up last season so all season I hadn't done a massive gaff like that and I thought great You've got your head screwed on, you know, you're following the uh, the advice on the pod, plenty of research, and I think, great. And then one night I make a bizarre, sorry, a bizarre decision before the double game week. My captaincy is sat on Harry Kane, and I suddenly think, well, I've got Diego Costa. What a great differential idea that would be. <laughs> Chelsea are chasing the title, yeah. Costa's hungry. And before I went to sleep, I changed the captaincy to Costa. And I did think for a few weeks after, I wonder if that decision will cost me. Well, Harry Kane <laughs> went on to bang in about five or six goals over that double game week. Just think where you'd um, be now, hey? Well, oh. I probably would be... Oh, Christ, it doesn't, it doesn't bear worth thinking about. I mean, Gosh. I'd be at least 15th for the Fantasy Football Surgery Mini League. But, Christ, anyway, that, that decision... Ouch. Uh, not also having Sanchez in the double game week... Basically, I watched my 60-point gap over the Iceman fall to about 15. And yeah. I can tell you, the anxiety going into that <laughs> final game week was huge. I, I didn't let on, but I was like, Jesus Christ, if this cost me, I am a clown. <laughs> so fortunately, that didn't come off for me. But um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what the mentality was driving me to Costa. But yeah. I, I'd had quite a few differential decisions in captaincy come off for me, like the week when Lukaku scored four. And uh, for some reason, I thought the luck was with me and I lucked out on that one. So that was my biggest gaffe easily this season. I thought you were very quiet on the last day of the season on WhatsApp, mate. And I didn't hear much from you until everything no, was over. Like, you know, I, was, I, I didn't even want to check how many points I was on. I was like, <laughs> I'll leave it to the end of the day. We'll wait till the bonus points are in. And if I've won the mini league, I've won the mini league. Yeah. So, so there we go. That was well my done. biggest gaffe well this season. <laughs> Okay, so that's gaffs again. Tweet us your gaffs. Tell us where you went wrong. To be fair, you've been doing it pretty well all season, listeners. <laughs> but you know, if there's any clangers out there, let us know. Um, which which brings us to a similar topic here, chaps. Which is how many transfers you made to facilitate that. So, Tom, how many did you make overall this season? Um, so more than usual, I made <laughs> 49 transfers this season. Um, mm. Normally, it's 
probably closer to 40. Um, so what, 56, what a week on average. Yeah, so 56 points of hits total. I'm just going to reference this site. So there's a really cool site that you guys may know or the listeners may may know um, called anewpla.net. That's A-N-E-W-P-L-A.net. And basically you just whack your um, FPL ID into that and it kind of breaks down your season in a really kind of interesting way. So it's worth taking a look at that. And it, it referenced how many points you gained from those transfers immediately, like within the game week or following the game week that you've uh, you made the transfers. And that resulted in 254 additional points. So... More transfers than I'd normally make, but not by not by loads. It always tends to be sort of between 40 and 50 for me. Nice, man. Well, I actually checked out what we all had last season. And last season I hit 60 and I was about 200k rank. Uh, this season I thought it would be a lot lower than that considering how... Uh, how high I am, but it's I, I hit 54 transfers with 19 mm-hmm. hits this season. I'm just looking up the number of how many hits that would be. So that's uh, 76 points and hits I, I did there, and I, I've still managed to increase my rank a lot higher than last year. So I suppose that just shows my game is kind of taking hits and kind of doing a lot lot of transfers mm-hmm. throughout the season, and it, and it has worked, but. My thought back on the rest of this season, there was a few situations where if I didn't take a hit, I would have been better off if I didn't take a hit, even though my my players which I brought in scored. So you're kind of thinking, because you've brought those players in, they've scored, you've, you've done all right. But no, I just think you need to consider your hits. And that four points which you're uh, reducing your score, technically it's six points, because if you look at the two points which the player which you're taking out could score even if he blanked like six points which the player that you're bringing in has to make up so i think for next season i'm definitely gonna go along the lines of not taking as many hits and then i think that'll improve my my rank a bit more i just just offer a slightly different opinion and i think it's more about the time of the season when you're taking them so i think or clearly if you've got an injury that's kind of different but you're talking just strategic transfers I think if they've got time to react and make those transfers or make those points over a prolonged period, say if they've got a great run of fixtures coming up and you actually reflect on that over, say, a five or six week game week period after the transfer you made, I think the hit's more acceptable. And that's new for me. That's why I think I've made more transfers and certainly more hits this season, because, as I say, I've kind of given these players the opportunity to react. Deli Ali was one. He came in for a hit, but then, you know, he had such a great run. So I, I think as long as they've got the opportunity to make the points back for you, they're more acceptable. Historically, though, I'll always avoid them. Yeah, I think you, you know, can, Yeah, I think you can kind of look at it as you might be benefiting from that price rise as well. And that in the long run might true, have benefited good point. you out, out a lot. Just say I, I've made it about three million or so just from taking these hits. But come this double game week, which I used my wild card before game week thirty six, I had a lot more cash to spend on better players who were going to score me more points, which are making up those hits which, which I made yeah. in the past. So. You've got to think of that as well. Uh, I wouldn't, really be, compl- wouldn't yeah, be completely averse to hits, but I think I'm going to take less next year because sometimes I, I did look back and I thought, I didn't need to do this. Uh, that was that was. I will, right, so. I'm going to remind you of this conversation <laughs> yeah. in, in next season because yeah, I've got a feeling that is utter baloney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, about, how about you, Pete? Did you, were, you, were you tight with the transfers? or yeah, I, 41 in the end. Three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Much more frugal. Yeah. Forty-one, and that—that is. I mean, usually Six in the past, seven. that would have been sixty-plus easily. Um, again, with me chasing value, so I think there's a lot to be said for that. I probably have taken. Very rarely did I take a minus four this season. I think that's the biggest mm. learning curve for me is being a bit more strategic, planning ahead in advance. A little bit of luck as well, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think plays into it. Definitely plays into it. So, yeah, so 41, I'm, I'm happy with that, and I'll be following that kind of trend next season. The the season before, you didn't finish that well, did you, Paul? You hit, um, I, I listened back to our last podcast last season, and you actually did 58 transfers last season. So you've dropped that yeah. significantly, and, yeah, your rank is a lot better. And I yeah. looked at um, Parker, who won our, our league last season. He made 42 transfers last season with five hits. Yeah. This season, he's not faring that well. He actually made 50 transfers this season with 14 hits. So, And he, he's behind me and you, but like he's still done all right. Panicking in his old age. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, 
lot to be said, I think, for that. A real learning curve in terms of the transfers. Who knows? The trend could be different next season. A lot to I be... Think, uh, yeah, that's just really interesting, though, isn't it? The, the fact that you guys, the winners of the league, were 41 and 42 transfers, respectively. It's probably no, something in that. Mine was... Uh, oh, oh, because Parker won, yeah, because he hit... Yeah, last, yeah, last season. Yeah, yeah so the, the winning the winning transfers were right around the 41, 42 yeah, mark. So maybe there's something in that, that that feels optimal. So what's that? Maybe that's broadly one a week, isn't it? Apart from the game weeks that you wildcard. So maybe maybe there is something in that. And speaking of transfers, chaps, wildcard. Wildcards and chips. So we've probably learned more about them this season once again with these double game weeks. Tom, when did you play your... Just talk us through, obviously, four chips, wildcard... We've got the bench boost, uh, we've got the all-out attack, and we've got the triple captain. When did you play your chips, and would you do it with them next season? Uh, can, can can you guys hazard a guess as to why I would have wild-carded in game week five after the aforementioned disaster of game week four? So that chip was thrown in um, <laughs> after that uh, overall rank of 1.7 million. I thought, right, you've got to act. So uh, used the, that chip relatively early. I always will. With the change in FPL that you can only have the wild-card in the first half of the season, for me, it makes sense to use that early and try and build team value. Clearly, my hand was forced as well. So that was the first one. Followed that with triple captain game week or double game week 27 for Sergio Aguero. Got 27 points. So not too bad, especially after the season before where Lukaku did absolutely nothing with, with that chip on him. Um, I wildcarded earlier than most people. I wildcarded in game week 30. My team needed a, a bit of repair, but also I, I convinced myself during that international break, that um, it was time for me to plan with the information I had to get as many double game weekers in for the ones that I knew about and actually build as strong a squad as I can. And in retrospect, I think that worked out personally for me. If my team was in a better state, though, the uh, sort of more prudent play was to wait, like the majority of people did. It just my hand was, was again, kind of forced with that. All-out attack, for me, is pretty much a waste of a chip. I used that in game week 35. I didn't really want to, but kind of made sense with the fixtures. Didn't return very well. And then the bench boost was, for me, it was a straightforward one in, in double game week 37. Now, there was a lot of chat on Twitter as to whether or not that was appropriate or, or actually gained you anything because because double game week, there was quite a lot of un, um, unforeseen rotation. But that's when I used mine. How about you guys? Mine was um, pretty much the same as that, other than the wild card was uh, the second one mm. was in game week 36. And just coming back to the all-out attack chip, I don't think it is a completely worthless chip. Because if you look at this game week, which has just gone, which has had 37 goals in it, the final game week, it seems like the all-out attack should be probably held for that. Because that's when the most goals actually happen, because everyone seems to go nuts. Uh, I did use my all-out attack uh, in game week 34, and it actually benefited me by four points, I think it was. <laughs> but um, I would, I've seen something on the Fantasy Football Scout website. I'm just going to... We're all obsessed, did a little survey, and he sampled... I hope he's okay with me uh, listening on this podcast. Uh, but it's a little um, survey type thing. And the yeah, sample size of 47 people which contributed. And the average triple captaincy... They scored 11.8 points more, and the average all-out attack was only 1.3 points more, and then the average bench boost was 21.6 points more, so it, it kind of shows in that small amount which he polled and surveyed there that the bench boost is the best, but looking at the total average points gained, 34.8 points overall for these chips, so they are useful and I suppose when you do say the all-out attack chip is a bit useless for you, 1.3 points over the, all those averages didn't kind of work out that well. But I think it can be used to good effect. And when did you use yours, Billy? Did you even use yours? I, I did, yeah. I mean, I, I saved my bench boost, obviously, for the uh, the final double game week of the season. So that, that worked well for me. And I, I wild-carded just before that. Again, I think absolutely... I will always, always save my wild card now for before the big double game week of the season. There's no question. In terms of my all-out attack chip, that actually I used to good effect. I'm just finding the week I applied said chip. That was in game week 34. So that was the week when I said I got my 89 when Palace had their double game week. And that's when I had Darun coming in as the fifth midfielder and it worked well for me. So all-out attack I do like, but I think it's one that I'd always use on an obscure week rather than necessarily... A double game week, sorry, rather than a, after a, uh, a wild card. 
All right, um, you guys have convinced me. I'll, uh, I'll treat you with a bit more respect next season. <laughs> respect the chip. Uh, yeah. Well, chaps, um, let's, uh, lots of backward thinking there. Let's start to get a bit more reflective for next season. Any, any early thinking about must-haves? I'm definitely having Kane in my uh, my starting eleven. He's too Jim, good what to do you, miss what, out. What do you reckon his price is going to be? What's your well, thought? I I think that he's obviously it's going to go up, and I think that Aguero is going to come down. I think they're going to be matched around the same price, either eleven point five or twelve, maybe even twelve. I think he's got to be a twelve with the way he plays now. Yeah, I think probably a twelve um, is suiting him now. Just to say about Harry Kane, I mean, I agree with you there completely, Ismo. We'll come back to you. But just um, looking at Kane's overall Premier League record since he's played for Spurs, 116 appearances in the Premiership for Tottenham, 78 goals. He's got just shy of a 50% uh, strike rate with every shot. Sorry, with the shooting accuracy, just shy of 50%. He's only lost 23 times, so you can see what a huge player he's been for Spurs. And for the first time, I think we've actually got a player that could catch... Alan Shearer's uh, record of 260. Yeah, he actually missed eight game weeks this season and he's top goal scorer and he's joint third for FPL points with Hazard yeah. this season. Four, so four more goals this season in, uh, like you say, uh, nine less, well, I think it's about eight less games. So huge performances from him. He scored av- more than average, Burrow, didn't he? Yeah. He scored he, more than Middlesbrough. He did, so yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. His average points per game for FPL is 7.1. Wow. Can, can I just get your guys' thoughts? I mean, clearly he's a he's on my list as well. Do you think there's anything in us waiting for to see how Spurs react to playing at Wembley after their that, kind of non non impressive return in the Champions League just for game week one? Do, yeah. do you think there's anything in that? That I, is I'll a big consideration. I, I do, you do think about that. I mean, like some people are looking at that and not bringing in any Spurs players because they're a bit worried about that and I can see why but um... I, I, I don't know I, I think Kane's world class and I think you can call him that and I would say that he can score anywhere that he plays for me home and away I think they I just think need I... to get used to it and they will have a lot of pre-season there as well so I think Spurs yeah. will be fine they're, they're the best team in England this year it's, anyone it's else? A, yeah just, just on that I, I agree completely I just think he's a bit of a, bit of a marvel really and I, what I really like about him as well is how confident he is without being kind of arrogant when he does go a game or two without a goal it doesn't seem to knock him at all he just keeps doing the same thing and is, and kind of has the attitude of I'm still doing the right things and it will come good and clearly it works so I think he's as close to a must-have in FPL at the moment and um, I definitely would agree with you guys there um so Tom who do you who are you looking at next season do, do you know what Pete I think I'm not going to say anyone I think I think the reason for that is this season has just showed to me there is just so many choices, great choices in FBL at the moment. It seems to be going into the transitional phase of people coming to the Prem, learning the league, uh, being really comfortable here. It's kind of happened with a lot of big hitters like you know, De Bruyne and Aguero, clearly. Kane, we've mentioned Sanchez is a stalwart now. Coutinho's regular here and stuff. So it's going to be another awesome season because... For me, other than Harry Kane, I just think there's there's so many players who are completely familiar with the league now. They kind of bedded in. They're used to the Premier League. These players have all come in, and they are, I'm expecting them to hit the ground running. But there's just too many of them for it to be deemed a must-have, and you can't have everybody. I think the only one who kind of qualifies is Alexi Sanchez, but we don't know if he's going to be there or not. So yeah. I think it's going to be another awesome season. I think the start of game week one is going to there's going to be loads of different looking teams out there which is always really exciting and then we'll always we'll all wildcard in game week three and they'll all look the same but <laughs> uh, uh, up until that point personally i don't think there's another must-have other than harry kane yeah i mean just to, I, I suppose um i'm in a similar position to you two kane is the standout one for me just to, just because i love european football and the whole transfer scene i'm really interested to see if griezmann signs for united i think that'll be a really seeing him link up with Pogba I think that could be fruitful for them I think if United United are being linked with the likes of Virgil van Dijk and I think after his performances under uh, for Saints if he plays for Mourinho that could be really profitable at the back for you defensively I like uh, Dwight Gale at Newcastle he's had a great season I don't see any reason why Rafa Benitez wouldn't put his faith yeah. in him scoring in the Premier League he's got a great goal scoring record he's going to be the uh, cheap price striker I reckon, yeah he will be want. the Callum Wilson of years past I believe yeah, yeah. and the Andre Gray of this season yeah Andre uh, Gray was nothing can, this I, season, can right? I ask you guys can I ask you guys you guys are both Arsenal fans so with, the, with you not being in the Champions League next season, do you think Wenger will kind of 
give any attention to the Europa League. I know they've got the prize of the Champions League place at the end, but I, I was just thinking from an FPL perspective, if the answer to that is no, then maybe we put more stock in Arsenal this season than we would normally. Yeah, what, what's your so thoughts I, on that? I think that he's he's not going to take too much interest in it to start with. He's just going to allow a few fringe players to, to play in it. And then if we do progress, then he will obviously concentrate a bit more, a bit like Jose's done. But um, mm. yeah, I don't think we're going to play the full team every week. But you know, it's, who can guess what Wenger's going to do? Yeah, I just wonder if the league four might, might, might be better as a result. And if so, then mm. clearly we'll, we'll all get on that. Well, a few players you won't be picking next season for City, chaps. Um, I can confirm that Gail Clichy, Bakary Sagner, Jesus Navas, Caballero and Zabaleta are all being released yeah, from their sorry. contracts. So players oh. we've picked in the past uh, will not be available. Yeah, so... And y- also, Yaya Torre still there, is he fully? At, at the moment, he is. At, at the moment, we've also got uh, Ibrahimovic, the issue with that to resolve. There's no guarantee he'll resign. So we're going to... The picture in the Premier League next season is going to look very different. The the one final one, because I haven't actually said anyone other than Kane, the only player I would add to that is probably Azus. Um, yeah. I, I think even if Aguero plays, it looks like Pep likes him to the right-hand side in that formation. So, for me, Jesus will be... I'm really going to be looking at him a lot next season. Looks yeah. the real deal, doesn't he? He does, yeah. he does look good. His, uh, actually, I've got a list of, just for listeners' information, I've got a list of average points per game here for all these players. And if you look at the top, there's Kane with 7.1. Uh, below that in second is Sanchez with 6.9. Then it's Jesus with 6.2. Then Hazard. 6.1 then Ericsson it goes down below that but like if they're, they're all at the top there so it just shows Kane, Sanchez and Jesus which we all mentioned yeah, seem to be the, where the points are at Okay, well, lots of. Uh, I think what's clear is the picture is going to change a lot this summer. I don't think it's going to be as settled as it has been this season in terms of the big hitters, but uh, much to much to observe over the summer. Chaps, a real reflective one now. What have we learned from this season, Tom? What's the to give us one main thing you've learned about yourself as an FPL manager that you'd use as advice for others? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I think, yeah, I think for for me, probably the answer to that one would be actually just not to throw in the towel. Yeah. It's such a long season. Like, 38 game weeks is, is just ages. And if you're fortunate enough to have your, your really bad time early in the season, I think that's actually just... you just kind of got to get on with that and keep plugging away. That's what I did. Um, it was no fun. I was, no, I'm was i not used to being such a, having such a horrible rank that that point in the season, but kind of clawed it back. There was a... I think it was a 12-game week period as well when I went from... 179,000 to 187,000 in that 12, just going nowhere, just continually treading water. But again, didn't didn't kind of give up. So I think as long as you stick with it, you know, good good things will happen. That would be my advice. Okay, Iceman? Yeah, there's kind of a, a few things which I've learned. Again, like the Mars of last season, King, I should have just got on him and not worried about it and followed, followed the herd. I think the overall... Uh, learning curve is to kind of follow the herd choose who you think is going to uh, play well um, but make sure that you know everyone else is thinking it as well in a way so it's almost like not playing your own game but playing your own game <laughs> um, I, I, I also try not to be stubborn like and not be afraid to make a sideways move because if you look at the, the Coleman versus Baines scenario I knew it was a good move to get rid of Baines and then bring in Coleman even for a minus four I think if I would have done that would have been I don't know 100 points better off or something but I, I hang on to Baines because he held those those penalties and just hope for more that is another key one those are my key things also bandwagons just make sure uh, if you're getting on them be be sure that you're going to jump off them as soon as they go down yeah I think that's uh, wise advice from you Iceman and uh, we'd, we'd all do well to heed that um, the only thing I suppose I'd add to your points is to play the long game um, it can be very, very easy to get disheartened after a bad game week, to chuck in a chip the next week or to use your wild card prematurely as a way of making that up. But I think, if anything, you need to try and avoid that short-term gratification and recognise if you build a team for a number of weeks, that's going to be much more helpful to you than just trying to instantly come back and recover. So for me, it's about yeah, the Yeah, I agree. And, 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 and pick Tom Heaton. No, that's the that's, 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 that's the memo. I suppose, I suppose <laughs> the big uh, lesson there is uh, cheap keepers are probably the best way to go. Like the Pickford and Heaton keepers, they were the best keepers yeah. to go for, weren't they? So Good shout. 
Hennessy as well. A few few different ones. Yeah. Good shout. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's been some uh, some good alternatives in goal this season, probably more so than the uh, the bigger price keepers. Okay, Tom, is there anything you want to, to add to to your what, what you said just then? Yeah, I th- just a sort of it's almost like in any other business thing, really. It's not really a, a reflection back on my season, but just some stuff that I was reading on my way home yesterday, and it's in relation to the Fair Play League. It's not really something we give that much attention to in in FPL, but I think there's some interesting kind of nuggets in that I just wanted to get across. So looking at it, so Liverpool won it. They won the the Fair Play League. This is based on just Premier League disciplinary performance over the season. So Liverpool won it. So they had only 1.4 bookings per Premier League game, which is really good. And I think from an FPL perspective, I just wanted to call out the teams which didn't get any sendings off. So Liverpool, um, Swansea, Spurs, Chelsea... Crystal Palace, kind of surprisingly, I guess, and West Bromwich Albion, also surprisingly, didn't get any sendings off at all. So I think from an FPL perspective, it might be worth bearing that in mind for some of the cheaper defenders next season. Only like a a sort of small point. And I think on the other side of of the coin, if you look at Watford, they got 84 Premier League bookings and five sendings (laughs) off in 38 games. Isn't all that Holobas or something? Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, Holobas would have been a big contributor to that. So I think... Actually, what I'm saying here is you've got an average of 2.2 bookings a game for Watford. They shipped 68 goals, which isn't horrible for a team that finished in 17th. It's not good. They ended with six losses on the spin, currently without a manager. I would say that for game week one, don't get tempted with a cheap Watford defender, because for me, I think that would be a false economy. Yeah, I think that's a great point, the Fair Play League. And it's no coincidence there that the uh, the teams that have kept their squads together, i.e. Chelsea and Tottenham, have finished higher. You know, Aguero, terrible disciplinary record this season. City have had to cope without him. And I think you make a really good point how that's probably affected them. As if Liverpool can just sort that defence out in terms of actually keeping goals out, clearly they don't have a disciplinary problem. So there may be something in that. They, they should really sign a new left back. I mean, Milner's done well enough, but I think they'll be spending some cash and defenders. So yeah, maybe that, that... maybe worth having a look. I know they're going to have the Champions League, but that might be worth something to look because a booking does affect the bonus point potential and, and all the rest of it. And only just over a, a yellow per game is yeah. really good going. They they won that um, won it handsomely. Yeah, I mean, when going forward, when they're all fit, attacking midfield. You could argue striking positions, they're blessed Liverpool, but at the back, it's only going to take an injury this season with the Champions League as well, and they're going to struggle. So, some really good points there, Tom, something to consider. Coming to that on on Liverpool, whilst you're talking about them, um, obviously Firmino was the midfielder striker, and I do think the the midfielder strikers was probably the best way to go this season, for example, King, Alexis and Firmino, but... The number one FPL player didn't actually bring in any Liverpool players at all this season. It just wow. sh- shows the uh, the the choice from Liverpool was so much that he obviously didn't want to go there. I know he was an Everton fan, so he probably just didn't want to go there for those reasons. But if you think of it like that, where the uh, where the points are so spread, maybe it is best to stay away from it. Mm, good point. Yeah, could well be. Well, I suppose. Um, any are there any questions from Twitter? We're as worth as answering at this point. Uh, yeah, we had a, a few from Twitter. So we had one from uh, Kevin Sears at uh, Kev Sears. He's put, uh, "What would be considered the normal way to prepare for the new season?" In other words, where can we get an insight on new incoming players? Well, what we're going to do here, Kevin, is we're going to do a pre-season pod to kind of get all that together because this pod's just kind of a reflection of the season that's gone so hopefully we can answer that in that pod itself uh, we had one from mark edworthy he said also who are you eyeing for next season breakout player of the year biggest surprise package again we're going to try and uh, do that in the uh, podcast pre-season because if we win i'll on this I'll one. talk to him at work about it anyway. Yeah, so, sure <laughs> uh, we had uh, another one from Alex Bull. Alex Waterbury has been on here. What have you learnt about the chips and assuming they stay the same next season when we play them? Cheers, gents. I think, as we discussed regarding when we played our chips, I think I'm going to kind of play mine round about the same time. It does depend on that uh, big double game week when that comes. I think that bench boost is probably going to go on that and then use the triple captain on the other double game week because uh, there's, there's got to be two a season. So that, I'm probably just going to hold them for that and then I'm probably going to hold the all-out attack chip for the last game of the season where there's the most goals. What do you guys reckon on, on the chips next season? Um, 
I think broadly, we kind of covered it with how I deployed them last time. I don't see it changing massively, Alex, to be honest. I think there may be more of a temptation now, possibly with a bench boost being thrown in randomly, but I suspect I'll I'll just get uh, attracted to the doubles again and, and do similar as I did this season, other than I, I really like Iceman's shout of holding that um, all-out attack chip for the final game week. I think that's, uh, that's cool thinking. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think just um, I'd be using them on double game weeks mainly just like this year I've benefited the most from that this year and um, the only time I might use the all-out attack chip differently is occasionally you do get a situation where you do have five midfielders that are in form and have fairly decent fixtures and if that comes up as a differential week for you it might be worth using it more unique to your team rather than thinking about an overall kind of where does that fit in with everybody else yeah yeah so we've got another question from uh, Game Week 38 at Game Week 38. Players you're going to miss next season. Who are you going to miss out of the players which have gone down? Can I answer this? Go on then. I'm going to really miss Alexis Sanchez as he makes his, <laughs> uh, his cameo season for Bayern Munich. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wish him all the best, but I'm going to I'm going to dearly miss that 30 goal a season contribution and can't wait to see who's going to replace him. <laughs> And you? Gosh, um, I, I mean, so it's Hull, it Hull Borough and Sunderland, and Sunderland have uh, offloaded Defoe to Bournemouth, haven't they? So yeah. uh, Pickford may sign for a Prem team, so you're looking at Borough, uh, Gibson wasn't bad, was he? We talked about Triori, he flattered to deceive. Hull did well under under Silver, didn't they? There wasn't a whole lot there, so uh, no one. I'm not going to miss any of them. <laughs> Good riddance. Is, is no one going to miss Ibrahimovic? Surely. Oh, he'll be back. He'll be back. Oh, he'll be back. He's timeless. Yeah. He's timeless. Yeah, he's getting he's getting stronger. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I have a question I, for you guys. Actually, uh, if we come to if there's, unless there's any other from Twitter, I was, you, I was just going to give my view on the who I'm going to miss. I think uh, oh, Maguire, unless he signs for someone else. I was hoping uh, big things from him, and he's going down. So that's true. He was a bit of a threat as well. So yeah, yeah hopefully he, he might go to someone else. But yeah, I'd miss him. Yeah, it's a good shout. Um, yes, uh, were there any other, other that you wanted to address? Uh, no, 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 we're actually finished. So my, own, so my only question, just a quick one, it might be one for the pre-season pod, I guess, but just wanted to get both of your thoughts on, if you were in charge of FPL, and God willing, one day you will be, would you put Alonso as a defender or a midfielder next season? And second to that, what would you price him at if you were in charge? I will, uh, sorry, uh, Pete, I'm coming in quickly on this one. Uh, because of the um, make him more attractive to FPL users, I think Mark actually mentioned it from FF Scout. He actually said, what's going to make them more appealing to F- FPL managers? So putting him in as a defender and then pricing him high, I think, then you're going to have that choice whether you can get him because he's going to be able to score defensive goals, which is obviously more than midfield and strikers. So that would be my wish. So keep him as a defender. Also put Moses as a a defender and Milner, etc. And then price them high. So I I would probably price Milner around 6.5, Alonso 7, 7.5 even. And uh, Moses, Moses, yeah. yeah. So Moses will probably be around six point five or six, even even though he's not scored that that much this season. And the same for kind of people like uh, Kyle Walker and Danny Rose, or do you just kind of draw <sighs> the line? I those? suppose it's a tough one with those ones, isn't it? Because they're yeah. they're they can be played for at the back as well. So that'll be a difficult one. I wouldn't I like to actually make yeah. that decision. It's 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 tough, isn't it? I think. I'd, Broadly agree. What would like you believe? See at the same as defenders and price them high. Well, it's yeah. I think because it's three four three formation. It's the first time we've we've seen it, and we know now that teams are going to play it regularly. So I feel comfortable with uh, calling Alonso a defender. You know that um, Moses. That's really the only position he's going to get in the Chelsea team. So I'd be happy calling him a defender. Same with Rose and Davis, etc. Um, the one that's going to be challenging if Arsenal stay with that formation, calling the likes of Alex Oxley Chamberlain. A uh, defender is going to be strange because he seems to thrive in that right wing back position. That's um, true. Although he will have Hector Bellerin to contend with. Yeah, I, I think Oxlade. Yeah, because he's so versatile, he can be played mm. midfield. I think they're just. Can you stop kidding yourself? He's going to Barcelona this summer. So <laughs> Oxlade Chamberlain defender. No, but I, I think to make it interesting, it's been great <laughs> having these wing backs, which offer 
kind of an option going either way defensively and attacking. So to make it interesting, I'd back the Iceman sentiment. So I would uh, I would keep them as defenders, high price defenders. Yeah, I think that's three for three. I would too, but I'd go higher on the price. Someone like Alonso, where you're getting attack regular attacking and defending returns, I think he'd start the season as eight nil for me. Oh, and I'd really make really make people pay for him. Yeah. I, d- I still think you'd get a really high ownership because he's double threat in defence and attack. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they go with. Wait and see. Cool. Okay. Thanks. Thanks <laughs> the question, Tom. Nice <laughs> man. Yeah, we're all done for we're all done for social media. Thanks again, <laughs> listeners. We've appreciated all your questions this season. Uh, keep them coming for next season now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, huge thanks to uh, to all the listeners for the questions. It, it just kind of it shapes the podcast nicely. And when, believe it or not, when me and the Iceman are planning this, um, we do try and weave the questions into the the fixture discussion. So it does help us to shape what we're doing. Sorry, Charlie just played a bit of music behind me. <laughs> um, whilst whilst we're, are you, off- are, you, are you still saying it's lucky that I beat you by seven points? Is that what that that tune is about? <laughs> That was Pharrell Williams, Get Lucky, wasn't was that it? Pharrell Williams, Get Lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> wow, wow, good, good, good shout. Good yeah, good ear. Okay, so um, having discussed your questions, the, the big one for us now is what's actually happening for the pod moving forward. As the Iceman's already alluded to, we're going to be doing a pre-season pod next year. We're planning very much to carry on as we have been this season, having you, members of the FPL community, hopefully some of our old friends and also um, some new listeners coming on the pod to give your views on fantasy football. We are one big family and I think there's a lot of um, untapped knowledge in the FPL community that we hope to draw out in the coming season. So looking forward to that. Okay, so we're trying to team up with uh, other members of the FPL community. And actually, some of you will be aware of a great piece of work that's being done by Fantasy Football Mag. So their website is http colon forward slash forward slash fantasy football mag or one word dot com. Um, and if you want to take advantage of a special sign up deal with our partnership, if you put forward slash FF surgery for £21 as a special offer discount. For the season, we've only got five of these available. After that, it will be back to full price. But for that, if you love reading about FPL and you can't get enough, you will get a copy of this magazine sent to your your doorstep throughout the uh, the whole of the season. Quality magazine. You'll get an invite to a special league, uh, and you also get a specialist members group invite. And this is drawing on the knowledge of FPL experts. Um, across the Twitter community and broader than that. They ship worldwide as well. So whether you're listening in Australia, you could be in Iceland, you could be in India, or if you're just in sunny Hull, you can apply to this special offer now. So http colon forward slash forward slash fantasyfootballmag.com forward slash FF surgery. Support the magazine. It's these kind of projects that help to grow the FPL community and um, and we're going to be looking forward to working with them in the next season. Nice sample. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Looking forward to reading that. I suppose this brings us to the end of our final pod of the season. It's the, I'm a little bit lost for words if I'm, because usually I'm talking about the uh, the next podcast and how the game week's going to go. First of all, though, let's just, uh, or rather finally, let's tell you how you can contact us uh, over the summer. I can say that the Iceman will be offering an Agony Aunt type service for any of you <laughs> that are struggling in the uh, in the sunny summer months with no yeah, FPL. Yeah, um, we, we can't even promote you some kind of European or World Cup FPL uh, type game because nothing's happening this year so all you're going to have to do is go onto our website and read about things there fantasyfootballsurgery.com to read more about the surgeons we're going to take off Parker's halo and move it to someone else you um, yeah I'll take the halo for now yeah <laughs> Find us on Facebook by typing in Fancy Football Surgery. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, give us a comment and feedback on there. Always much appreciated. Much appreciated, rather. Follow us on Twitter at FF underscore Surgery. Most of you are, but we do interact with people as much as we can on there. So join in the conversation, the discussion. Uh, on Reddit, follow us on there. And please up the pod on Reddit. On podcast. Up the podcast on Reddit as well. And uh, finally, I cannot escape the podcast without telling you the ice man's email address um surgery podcast at yahoo.com and i'm just going to interfere here and just say can you please give us a review if you feel like we've benefited you in any way this season or if you've listened to us just pop onto itunes just search us fancy football surgery whack on there five stars boom thanks very much job done 
Okay, well, I just want to say a huge thanks to uh, Tom Campbell. He's joined us a few times this season. Um, he's given up his time to do this, and I think we, we can all say we've benefited greatly from that. So, Tom? Oh, many thanks, guys. My absolute pleasure. It's, yeah, been, uh, it's been great chatting to you, and hopefully do it all again next season. Mm, yeah. Tom, if you, if you do encourage people to, uh, to, to join in the discussion with you on Twitter, how can people get hold of you? Oh, yeah, anything FPL, get in touch with me on Twitter, at um, UtterlyTC and I'll, um, I'll respond as soon as I can. He really is utterly TC. <laughs> and, uh, but very much PC as well whilst he's at it. Iceman, any final thoughts for the season? Um, no, not really. I'm just relieved and I can't wait to go for a piss because I've lasted this whole podcast. Oh yeah, they've gone the whole podcast. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not going to wow. let you go. We're going to see this out. You're going to last the whole podcast. This is the start of your rehab and by, by the time next season comes around, we're going to make it to Captain's Choice before you go for a week. Um, <laughs> For me, I suppose it's just a huge thank you to all the listeners. You know, your your support. We've we've got double the amount of listeners that we had at this time last season. Your support has kept us very much uh, motivated to keep making this podcast. Me and the Iceman really, really enjoy doing this. Um, I have to give a shout out to the Iceman as well. He puts a lot of time into editing, editing this and the quality, I think, not blowing our own trumpet, but more supporting Iceman um, speaks for itself. So a huge uh, thank you and um, Absolutely. well done to him. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and to you, Bully, as well. I do a great job hosting. So. Oh, brilliant host. Yeah, good job all round. Well, it's a good job all round, and we, I think we, we really enjoy doing this. So thank you for your support. We hope to uh, grow the Fancy Football Surgery podcast community next year. Um, so thank you for your support. We look forward to speaking to you again next season and stay in touch over Twitter. But until now, it's uh, very much it's thanks from all of us and up the pod. Up, up the pod. pod. Desperately well, well done, boys. Right. Um, yeah, I'm going to bail. I'm going to bail as well. Tom, we'll be in touch about some kind yeah. of brief tonight at some point. It'd be good to, good to meet you in person. Yeah, definitely, yeah. mate. Yeah, get, get in touch anytime and um, yeah, I'll definitely get recommend a few yeah, places for a Night out in sure. Bristol. We... Yeah, cool. <laughs> Take it easy. I really enjoyed that. You Take too, it easy. Bye-bye. Cheers, Cheers. Mate, Cheers.